On today's episode of the Blue Bloods, LSU is back to the consensus number one in the nation, and order is very close to restored. Not quite, though. Uh, we have our pick six, upset of the week, lightning round, storyline, college football playoff reaction, and we'll cap it all off with Brandon's gambling corner. Is this episode huge? You bet. So let's go ahead and get it kicked off. So we'll go ahead and start out this episode with pick six as usual. And with our first game in our pick six, you know what we did? We decided to be uh, more logical and not go in order based off of time and go in order based off of relevance. And so with our first game, we've got the ACC game, Wake Forest visiting number three, Clemson. Clemson's a 34 and a half point favorite in this one. And (laughs) probably for a good reason. That's so – okay, so – I think Clemson actually wins this game by a million. Yeah. But it is shocking that they're a 35-point favorite over a team that was ranked in the top 20 last week. Zach, guess what they are on the money line? <laughs> like, if you, if you bet on them, mean. they are it's minus 12,000. <laughs> that, that, that should not be allowed. God, so, dog, that's that's horrible. <laughs> that's insane. So, I mean, I guess if you think that Wake Forest can upset Clemson, you could win a good bit of money, uh, plus twenty two hundred on the money line for them. But just go, just go bet you guys like a hundred bucks. But just put ten dollars on it, man. You <laughs> that's that's more than enough. You win like that's off of that ten dollars. You win two hundred and twenty dollars. So mm. do what you will. We don't gamble, but you can. Um, no, but but Clemson, they they are minus twelve hundred or twelve thousand for a good reason. They've got the better team here by a, by a million miles, not even just by one mile. Yeah, I would say Clemson's better at every single position. Like, and it's that that might even be an understatement. They might be better at every position, including like the scout team. <laughs> I mean, the scout team? yeah, because I mean they got five stars on the bench, bro. Like. Does Wake Forest have a single five-star on the roster? Nah, not at all. No not way. They might, not, they might not even have a four-star. Yeah, I mean, that's – you're probably right about that. Uh, they dropped the game to Virginia Tech this past weekend, and not just by, a, like, a small margin. They, they, got, they got beat pretty well by 19 points. Um, not only that, but they allowed oh. 62 points against Louisville a, a month ago. So, Dude, Clemson might score 100 I mean, they really might. This is an offense that's averaging 45 points a game, and that's with Trevor Lawrence throwing every interception that he can. So, No, 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 no. I want y'all to back off Trevor Lawrence. He is going to make a statement this game. We haven't really (laughs) – Dog, we have not covered Clemson since what, like mid part of the season? It's been a minute since we covered Clemson. Trevor Lawrence has now thrown for over 2,300 yards, 23 touchdowns, and only eight interceptions. Zach, he's thrown for 2,300 yards and eight interceptions against Georgia Tech, 
Texas A&M, Syracuse, <laughs> Charlotte. He almost lost to North Carolina, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College, Wofford, and NC State. You can't tell you me can that's only, you can, you can only play who's on your schedule, bro. Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. I understand you can only play who's on your schedule, but with that schedule, he should have, like, 4,500 yards passing. Well, I mean, it's not fair that he has the one of the best running backs in the country that's taken up 1,300 yards and 13 that, touchdowns. That is true, and I'm going to back off Trevor Lawrence. I, if you talk to me in person, I'll say, not while I'm doing this podcast, I'm going to tell you Trevor Lawrence is still one of the best players in the, in the country, um, regardless of the season he's having. I mean, look back a season ago and um, just use your mind for a second and think about what he's still capable of because this has been a guy who – He's 19 years old to start with. He's a 19-year-old quarterback playing in front of the whole country. He just came off of the season of his life, and now he's playing against basically nobody on his on his uh, on his schedule. I mean, he showed out against Texas A&M. I mean, let's not forget about that when they were number 12 in the country. And I mean, like, I mean, 2,300 yards is 2,300 yards. So, I mean, he, uh, he's still great. And Travis Etienne might is be amazing like top three running backs in the country i would say so i honestly would give him that but i just want to go ahead and thank the playoff committee for uh making clips in a serial killer uh you pissed them off bro you abused them you beat them down and now they're mad and now they're gonna put up a hundred on everybody and you know i need the playoff committee to stop just take, go watch some Ted Bundy documentaries on Netflix. There's like five of them. You have to stop this. You are creating a monster. And when they beat whoever, whatever team in, that goes to the playoffs from the SEC by another 30 points, y'all are going to be like, man, we probably shouldn't have done that to them. They, they were right. Yeah, that's a good point, Zach. There, uh, there are a couple of Ted Bundy documentaries on Netflix, and they all came out in like the last two years. So I don't know what the sudden fascination <laughs> with the serial killer Ted Bundy is. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, take Zach's word for this one. Clemson is mad. Like I said, it's the team that's averaging forty-five points a game. I mean, over the past three games, they scored fifty-nine, fifty-nine, and fifty-five. That's insane. And their defense is holding teams to eleven points a game. Just there's oh, no man. chance this team loses. Like they're just not no, going to lose none. until they get the playoff. And this is this is my mortal lock of the week. Wow. Okay. I mean that's take Clemson. Really walking out on a ledge here, Zach. There we go. Hey, I mean I, I can't be like you and have Hawaii lose on the island. Yeah, that was. We don't have to call me out of my mortal locks, okay? That's you don't have to do that. Uh, Hawaii. <laughs> You keep losing on the island. We'll get to that later. Um, anyway, there's not too much to look into in this game. Uh, it's Wake Forest and Clemson. Wake, we thought this game would be good about two weeks ago or however long ago, and then Wake Forest went and lost to Virginia Tech by almost three touchdowns. So uh, I guess my final closing thoughts on this one, uh, Clemson probably by 42 points, if I had to guess. So I got close to about a million. So we're about, we're, we're real close to each other on this yeah, one. Yeah, real close. A million, <laughs> 42, same thing. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We have number 23, Navy. Navy, people forget about them. They are ranked number 23, Navy, going up against number 16, Notre Dame in South Bend. And this game, 
I don't know what to make of this game because apparently Navy's a lot better than I thought they were, and Notre Dame has proven to us over and over again that they're not nearly as good as we may have thought they were. Uh, but but Notre Dame is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of shocking given that these teams are really similar in, like, their production this year. They're yeah. both – like, the defenses are giving up 18 points a game for Navy – 19 points a game for Notre Dame. They're averaging within 30 total yards of each other and giving up within 20 total yards of each other. Yeah, but that's about where the comparisons stop because it's they're just running two totally different offenses. That is uh, also true. Navy's Navy's quarterback has a whopping 722 yards passing this season <laughs> on 53 attempts, bro. <laughs> yeah, so they just don't believe in passing the ball. But guess what? Navy's quarterback is also their leading rusher with 1,042 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns. So beats me. I I I, I will admit that I have not watched a Navy football game yet this year. Uh, but I'm interested to find out how this is happening, I guess. Well, bro, they have the deadly triple option attack. Oh, they must be the best in the world at it because this Dude, quarterback. They're, they're averaging 357 yards per game rushing. I mean, he has a th- over 1,000 yards rushing as a quarterback. Notre, Notre Dame's defense – Notre Dame's defense. Notre Dame's running back has 585 yards rushing and four touchdowns. And – they just got blown out of the water by this quarterback. Dog, do, do you want to hear how bad this is? The Navy fullback, the fullback, not the running back, has 505 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, it's like Mike Allstott numbers. The, they have a quarterback over 1,000, a fullback with 500, another running back with 355, and then two, no, three wide receivers over 130 yards rushing. I'll tell you what, the triple option is sneaky, but I don't see a way that Net Navy can pull this game out against Notre Dame. Just this Notre Dame team, I think Ian Book's just too good for this team. On the contrary, bro, uh, I have Navy winning this game. It'll be a close one, but I think Notre Dame's defense has shown some holes. They have not showed any consistency or stability on defense. Yeah. And so – if Navy, so my, the goal, so I set a goal last week for, I believe it was Iowa. They did not hit it. Um, Navy has to hit 250 to 300 yards rushing or they will lose. But I think they get it because this Notre Dame defense cannot stop anybody. We saw Virginia Tech be able to move the ball on them. And Virginia Tech's offense was horrible, atrocious, garbage. And. And with the triple option, I mean, we saw Army do it to Oklahoma last year and do it to Michigan this year. It keeps the other team's offense on the sidelines, and I think Navy controls the ball enough, gets enough time of possession, enough ball control, enough first downs. And with the triple option attack, it's so hard to stop in the red zone. They score touchdowns. Notre Dame gets field goals maybe or doesn't score. I think Navy pulls this one out on the road for the big upset. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, the triple option is obviously something that's very hard to stop. And then we see teams that run the triple option who stop doing that. Uh, I'm looking at you, Georgia Tech, who just aren't successful. I mean, it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop running it. Uh, it's hard to master, but it's, it's even harder to stop. So uh, I, I do think the Navy covers the spread. You know, it's nine and a half points. I think they lose by a touchdown, maybe. 
but I just think Notre Dame's too good. I think that uh, I think that Brian Kelly will have a fit if Notre Dame loses. And as much as I'd love to see that, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Ian Book can pass all over this Navy defense. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I, I think I think that Ian Book's going to be able to just dominate this Navy defense this weekend. But uh, all I have to say is go midshipmen. Yeah, go midshipmen, I guess. Uh, beautiful campus. If you ever have the chance to make your way up to Maryland, uh, I, would, I would recommend it. Uh, so with our next matchup, we have UCLA. You know how much we love UCLA. The UCLA that we thought was going to be awful, who are now 4-2 and two in conference play, uh, visiting oh the Utes of Utah, number seven Utah. Uh, the Utes? The Utes. Uh, what's, I mean, I guess it's a Native American, but – it's, it's a tribe, I guess. But, yeah, so we got this game. Um, uh, Utah is a 21-point favorite and minus 2,000 on the money line. So, once again, if you want to make a little bit of money, just sprinkle some on UCLA. They're plus 1,000. So, $10 wins you $100. So just keep that in mind. Hmm. That's pretty fire, bro. Pretty fire. I mean – I really am interested to see if UCLA can use some of this Chip Kelly magic and upset the Utes in Utah, man. I mean, they're on a three-game win streak, all by 10 points or more. And all three teams they've beat on this win streak were ranked at some point this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess Stanford was ranked in, like, the first week. But uh, I don't know. This UCLA team, they kind of strike me – as an anomaly like I can't really figure them out uh but I think I did and and I keep redoing this every single week I keep restructuring the formula and I think I found out what it is their defense is awful let's not beat around the bush there they're allowing 32 points a game uh but but their offense somehow finds a way to sneak past defenses I don't think that they're going to be able to do that against Utah. I think Utah has one of the better defenses in the NCAA and def- probably the best defense in the Pac-12 by far this year. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, by, by more, than, more than you could even possibly fathom. And so I don't think the UCLA is going to find a way to beat Utah this weekend. I've got Utah, um, and I actually have this uh, spread pushing. It's 21 points. I think that's exactly how much Utah wins by. Yeah. I like I have uh, Utah's defense as the X factor. I mean, you're allowed 12 points a game, and this UCLA offense is good, but I mean, they're really not anything special. They're averaging 29 points a game, not super great. I mean, the Utah Utah's averaging more points a game, and their defense is really good. I would say on the verge of being somewhat elite, maybe not elite, but like really, really good. Uh, and you know, I think if Utah wins this game, they clinch the Pac-12 South, too, barring just a huge upset in the last few weeks of the season, which I don't see coming. No. Um, and, you know, I think they have the talent to slow down this UCLA offense, which has just recently caught fire. It hasn't, it's been very inconsistent throughout the year, yeah. and I just I don't see how they pull this one out. Yeah, and I'm giving all the credit to Utah's defense, but, I mean, you definitely can't look past their offense. I mean, Tyler Huntley – uh, is passed for over 2,000 yards this season. He has 11 touchdowns and just one lone interception. And Zach Moss, the running back, is on the verge of breaking 900 yards rushing uh, with 11 touchdowns. And, and I mean, it, I'm not going to say their offense is just overpowered by any means, but I could definitely see this game being like 
like 28-0, 28-7, something like that. So Yeah. And, and I mean, really and truly another little just tidbit for this game is that Chip Kelly might have a chance to save his job because if they win this game, they just need one win in the final two games of their season to get bowl eligible. And I think they might that they may they may be able to do that. And you know, they have to beat Utah and USC. And, you know, and then if you then if Utah slips up again, they're in the they're in the conference championship. And that would save Chip Kelly's job for sure. I mean, I don't think they'd win the Pac twelve over Oregon, but uh I this would be this is a huge game for UCLA. Yeah, it is a huge game. Um so in other words, they would have to beat Utah and uh, and Cal because they're not beating my boy Keaton Slovis at USC. <laughs> so watch out for watch out for these games. Uh, I don't see a way that UCLA wins this game, but I mean I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again, maybe um, every week. It's Pac-12 after dark. I mean it starts at seven o'clock, but it gets dark at like three o'clock in the afternoon now. So um, watch out for Pac-12 after dark, I guess. Uh, this game will be interesting. Uh, UCLA has surprised me in the past, and I mean, like like you said, they're on a three game winning streak right now. It it really wouldn't surprise me if they kept this game close. Uh, I know I picked them to um, to lose by like four touchdowns just a second ago, but I don't think that they could surprise me at this point in the season. They, they've they've already surprised me enough. Uh, I'm I'm watching for everything, so. We're going to go ahead and move on past this game uh, to now we are like full transparency. We're into the interesting games now. So you might want to turn your radio up, whatever you listen to on. Uh, we have number eight in Minnesota, the undefeated Minnesota golden Gophers visiting uh, the number 20 Iowa Hawkeyes, six and three, number 20 somehow uh, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but here we are. Yeah. And the Children's Hospital makes its great return. Oh, God. The I moment forgot. I we forgot. have all been waiting on, guys. Uh, Can Iowa lose this? No, no, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Can Iowa lose this game? The kids, and more importantly, I hope not, because I am riding with the Iowa Hawkeyes one last time. Shout out to Nick Galvin for talking me into this. If I lose again and become 0-5 or 0-4 picking Iowa, I've told you last episode, I will find you in your office, and it is on site. We throw in hands. I'll fly up there, and I'll throw hands. Um, Iowa is actually a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, and I don't – Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's went up to three now, too. Oh, good. I can't wait. Um, I don't know. I-, I think Minnesota is just way too hot right now coming off of this win against Penn State. Like they can, they can literally fly if they if they thought about it hard enough at this point. Um, Tanner Morgan is twenty one hundred yards passing, twenty one touchdowns on the season, uh, only four interceptions. Nate Stanley, maybe one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the country, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's just, I understand this Iowa defense is for real, but. Something about Minnesota, something about that win last week, and something about – this may just be me hoping more than me predicting this game, but I think Minnesota has to win this game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't have too much else to say about that. I, I think Tanner Morgan's the truth. Um, 
and I, I think that he has a chance to just throw all over this Iowa defense that's been so great so far this season. Wow, bold, my God, bold. I mean, yeah, that's what but, I do. I'm in the, I'm in the business. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota's got a lot to play for, man. The pressure is ramping up because they got they jumped to number eight in the playoff rankings, and they seriously have a shot at the playoffs now. Like this is this is getting real for you know the Golden Gophers, and that makes you know, me laugh they, every single time we say it. Golden Gophers, <laughs> right? It's not real. It, <laughs> and so if they win this game and get to 10 and 0, they're going to start jumping some one loss teams ahead of them because I mean, can you hold them back? And then the next week they have Wisconsin and then they might have Ohio state or if all hell breaks loose in Michigan in the big 10 championship game. And I mean, as crazy as it sounds, they're going to start jumping teams like, like Oregon and Georgia and Alabama and Utah. I mean, and, uh, that's going to raise all chaos if the Minnesota Golden Gophers get to the playoffs. Listen, I'm I'm here for it. Um, I've already <laughs> made that abundantly clear. I love chaos, and so I, I guess, like I said, I'm I'm really hoping for this. Um, I really don't know what else to say about this game. I haven't watched a ton of Minnesota football. Uh, I think the first full game I watched for Minnesota was this past weekend. Uh, really impressed me though. I mean, they had a 52 to 10 win over Maryland. 42-7 against Rutgers, 34-7 against Nebraska. This team looks like the real deal at this point in the season. Um, but but it's going to be one of those cases where it's a strong offense going against a very strong defense and then a lackluster uh, a lackluster defense going against a strong – or going against a decent offense in Iowa. Um, I was joking about Nate Stanley earlier. He's, he's a very good quarterback. Maybe slightly, <laughs> just, maybe slightly overrated, uh, but he is. Won't even stand by your take. Most overrated quarterback in the nation. I'm going to double down on my take now, Zach. You ready for this? And he's going to get oh, whooped at home in front of the children's hospital. I, I hate oh, to God. You hate to see it. You really do. You hate to see it. But it's going to happen. I, We're going to have Minnesota <laughs> waiting at the children's hospital this weekend. Oh, dude, what did they pull out the Joe Burrow wave? And that did. <laughs> that did. <laughs> Just the sarcastic wave of the hospital. So (laughs) right, as they're walking off the field, like they they're just like embraced the whole villain persona. They're just like, bah. Listen, like that's the left. Oh, (laughs) we're here for disrespecting the children's hospital. (laughs) Just PJ Fleck in the middle of the field waving. (laughs) He crowd surfs in the hospital like he did in his locker room. Oh man, he's he, he would be a savage. Yeah, I'm here for it. I want that. I would build him a statue myself if he did that. I'd build that statue at Iowa if that happened. Oh, right in the middle of the (laughs) lobby of the children's hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle PJ. This got dark. No worries. This got dark. Yeah, it's not that dark. We could get darker. We're not going to, but we could. That is also true. Um, I I mean, how do you – I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on why you think Iowa's going to win this one. I have the Children's Hospital. It cannot <laughs> okay. be wrong five so straight times. So you've got magic on your side, basically. Like I got, I got, I got magic, hope. 
I got <laughs> I got, I got full hearts can't lose. You're I so, have all that going. You're sounding like me a lot right now. And I like it <laughs> <laughs> because I'm kind of transforming you. And, and, I, and so uh, I really just don't think Minnesota is going to be able to live up to the pressure. I mean, that environment is going to be huge. They're not in the ho- in the vicinity of their home stadium with all those fans pumped up. And, you know, now they're coming in as a team that should win. Even though the spread says differently, everyone expects Minnesota to win. So now you got to live up to those expectations. So we'll see if this team is real or not. And I think Iowa has magic, the nothing to lose, and I think they'll pull it out. Yeah, Iowa's another one of those special cases of a three-loss team that's somehow in the top 20, uh, kind of like Oklahoma State was that, well, they're in the top 25 kind of like Oklahoma State was last weekend. I couldn't tell you how they're ranked 20th with three losses. I guess their three losses were three pretty quality losses against uh, Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin, but three losses, three losses. And also, also, Iowa always has a game at home where they beat someone they're not supposed to. That's fair. It has yet to happen, and it is coming. I think this is like the last time they really have a chance to do it, so – Let's let's get up for this, I guess. And like, if Iowa wins, I'll be on my BS. Come come the recap episodes, and we'll see. Yeah, I guess we will. Uh, so let's go and move on past this one, and we're moving right into number ten, Oklahoma, visiting number thirteen, the undefeated Baylor Bears. And Baylor, uh, yet another undefeated team. That's a that's a uh, underdog. They are a ten point dog in this one, and probably for a good reason, actually. Baylor's been one of those teams. I mean, they, we all saw it. They went a triple overtime with TCU last weekend. They almost lost to West Virginia at home the weekend before that, or not even the weekend. That was like a like a Wednesday. Thursday. It was it was it was nuts. It didn't even make sense. But um, yeah, and, and now they're coming as a ten point dog to Oklahoma, and they're playing at home. And I can't say that I blame the line makers in this one. I've got Oklahoma winning this one. I do have Baylor covering. I think this is going to be a closer game uh, than anticipated. But Oklahoma, they've got to get it together at some point. And I think this is this might be the weekend that it happens. I'm not really sure. Yeah, uh, this is just the finale of who gets in the Big 12 championship. Uh, Baylor wins, they're in. And if Oklahoma wins, they're also most likely in and will most likely face Baylor again. Yeah, but this is mostly the battle of the worst defenses ever. That's Both teams are allowing over 300 yards per game. Both are allowing over 20 points a game. Or Baylor's at 19. That's 20. We're going to round, guys. 19 and 20 are the same number. Yeah. And the X factor here is this game comes down to which defense makes a play. And I think Oklahoma has a lot more talent on their defense, especially with players like Kenneth Murray, the linebacker, number nine. I think he's going to make enough. I think he'll make some plays. I think this team's going to rally around the fact that they're getting no respect and they're going to smack Baylor. They're going to make Baylor pay for everything they did under Art Browse. And, and Oklahoma covers this spread. Listen, I'm all for justice being served for Art Browse. Um, and I didn't even mention the Texas Tech game that they went to double overtime uh, like a month ago. This Baylor team has been really looking for a loss, and they just can't find it. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to hand-deliver it to them this weekend. And if Jalen yeah. Hurts doesn't hand-deliver it to them, then CeeDee Lamb's going to hand-deliver it to them. Whoever you need 
they they're going to get served a loss this weekend. It's going to be the first loss. It's a, be- a nice fresh L. Yeah, but I mean, their their defense. I'm going to give them more credit than you're giving them. I think Baylor's defense is a lot better um, than than Oklahoma's defense. A lot better. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Miles. You trip. You trip. Uh, there's a big difference between 19 and 25 points allowed per game. And, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not lying. Uh, I mean, they they held Oklahoma State to 27 with Chuba Hubbard. So yeah, Oklahoma State's the most inconsistent team in the world. Yeah, but I'm going to use that to my advantage here. Um, oh goodness! <laughs> I, don't I mean, I mean, this Baylor team's the cardiac kids. We had we, you've already mentioned the three overtime win, the three point win over West Virginia. They also had a double overtime win over Texas Tech. Yeah, but. In their biggest games, they have made statements. I mean, like you said, they beat Oklahoma State by 18, and they also beat Kansas State on the road by 19. Yeah, I mean, not a good look for Kansas State. Yeah, (laughs) huge huge wins for Baylor, but I still think Oklahoma has more experienced players. They have more talent, and they have Jalen Hurts, formerly Jalen Hosman, but he's let us down. And Jalen Hurts in this Oklahoma offense scores enough points to put Baylor away. Fair. Um yeah, so I I mean what else is there really to say? Um I think Oklahoma takes this one. Uh I I really want to say that they can cover the spread, but I just can't commit to that. Uh, I just think that somehow they're I mean cuz they haven't been playing great either. I mean, we've been focusing on Baylor going to triple overtime with TCU, etc. I mean, but I mean, look at Oklahoma's last two games. They 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 lost the uh Kansas State 48 to 41 and then they almost lost to Iowa State last weekend or this past weekend 42 I mean they won 42 to 41 because Iowa State had the like the worst play call in the entire world to try to go ahead with 24 seconds left in the game so that if that doesn't happen they go to overtime I think Iowa State wins and then we're looking at a two loss Oklahoma team but, I mean, they made that decision. They didn't really have a whole lot to lose at that point, and so they, they lost that game as well. Um, and now we've got, uh, we've got Oklahoma visiting the undefeated Baylor Bears. Oklahoma wins. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. They do not cover the spread. Uh, they lose. Baylor loses by, like, seven points. I think they lose by a touchdown. Boo. Hey, don't boo me. Uh this game Get off the, the podcast. <laughs> the over the over will hit though. Don't worry about that. The over is sixty seven and a half. If there's no way that doesn't hit. We're I'm looking laughing at, they get out there. It's, it's like a three two game. I mean, that would be very uncharacteristic of both of these teams, but okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our last game. And this is going to be our game day since this couldn't make ESPN's college game day. We've got number four Georgia. Visiting number twelve Auburn. Did Auburn move down in the rankings this weekend? This yeah, because Minnesota moved above, uh, moved into the top ten. Uh, yikes! Not great for Auburn. Um, nope. Yeah, because <laughs> Auburn and Florida both dropped. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess I understand. Uh, yeah, but we've got this Auburn, uh, this Auburn team. Uh, they're a two and a half point dog in this one. Very generous um, two-and-a-half-point dog, I think. Uh, I think Georgia wins this game, and I think they win this game 
by more than three. I mean, <laughs> two and a half yeah. not a lot of points. The, 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 the spread has went up to three, but home field advantage is usually three or four points. So, I mean, that means they, they think Georgia by like six-ish, which is a lot more reasonable. Yeah. Who do you have in this one? I, um, so, I pulled the branding card where I'm just going to go with my guns here. I think Auburn pulls this one out. And, no, I'm not a homer. I picked against Auburn, what, once or twice this year? Yeah. Um, and I won both times I did that. <laughs> but I also have won twice picking Auburn, so here we are. Um, but I, I really think this game comes down to who establishes the run game <clears throat> more. And also a, a little – you know, just a little bit of information for you guys. Booby Whitlow does come back this game. Okay, that's really he's, good. He, he was fully – he's been fully healthy since the Arkansas game, but they've held him out just to make sure. Plus, Auburn's coming off a bye week. Um, DJ Williams has been really impressive in his absence, so Auburn does have a, a one-two punch that they can use. I mean, DJ Williams put up 130 yards on LSU's defense in his first ever start. So that's LSU's um, defense. That's LSU's run defense. That's true. Let's not forget that's about true. that. Um, and then DeAndre Swift is a future NFL running back. So Georgia has their talent as well. But I think Auburn's defensive line is probably the best in the SEC. And I don't think that's really an argument. I mean, this this is the same defensive line that, you know, contributed to LSU only scoring 23 points, which we might not see for the rest of the year. Um, right. And – I think they put this game on Jake Fromm. And the last time Jake Fromm was here in the uh, Auburn held Georgia to 30 total rushing yards. And Jake Fromm and the Georgia Bulldogs got beat 40 to 17 when they were the number one team in the country. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be 40 to 17, but I think Auburn pulls out a three to seven point win and a close one that is back and forth the entire game. But I think Auburn with the home field advantage and with the better defensive front will make enough plays to win the game. Yeah, and thanks a lot, CBS, for making this game at 2.30. Uh, can't thank you uh, enough. You keep doing this to us, and we, we hate it. When is this contract over? Because it's like 2025. God, are you kidding me? We have six more. So, yeah. We have five more years of this? Yeah. I couldn't count for a second. I said six. But I don't know. So one of the things that we keep talking about on the show, we talk about how good Auburn's defense is. And I'm going to stick by that. I do think that Auburn has the best, one of the best, if not the best defense in the SEC. But we don't really talk about Georgia's defense a lot. And Georgia's defense is very good. Uh, allowing 260 yards a game, only allowing on average 10 points a game. But then we look at who they've played so far. So we've got <laughs> Missouri. Uh, they allowed zero points to Missouri. So Oh, and that's with so- Kelly Bryant out. Yeah, yeah. So very impressive, uh, Georgia. They've allowed they allowed zero points to Kentucky. Um, they allowed twenty against South Carolina in their loss. Uh, Fourteen against Tennessee. Seventeen against Notre Dame. Seventeen against Murray State. So I'm not gonna say they've had the strongest uh, uh, schedule <laughs> by any means, but their defense I think is is for real. Um, I don't think that they're as good as Auburn's defense. I think Auburn's defense is going to edge them out this game, but I just think that that the duo of Jake Fromm and uh, DeAndre Swift is just going to be too strong for Auburn this weekend. And I don't think it's a blowout by any means. Like I said, I think I think this is a, a somewhat close game, and I do think it's kind of back and forth. 
the over-under in this game is 41 points, and that's probably right where it should be. I think this game's going to be fairly low scoring, kind of like the uh, – the, the, I don't even know what to compare it to. Maybe the Georgia-Florida game or the Florida-Auburn game, something like that. Yeah, I think the first t- the first team to 24 wins this game. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't think that anyone scores over that. So, and it might be over. It might be the first team to 20 wins this game. Yeah, uh, really so I, I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out. But I've already in a close one. So we 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 have fingers crossed here. Yes, and I've got Georgia. So, I, and I'll be. I want Auburn to win this game. Yeah, this isn't. This is me hoping that I'm wrong on this one. Just for, for the sake of how I hope LSU season finishes out, I hope Auburn wins this game. So, uh, how do you – War Eagle, is that how you say it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there you so go. Let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. We've got upset of the week. You know how good we are at this. Zach, kick it off for us. See how this one goes. Yeah, so I have Texas over Iowa State. And yeah. um, Iowa State is a seven-point favorite. Don't know how. Yeah, and I think the K-State win gave Texas a lot of momentum. I mean, it gave this team something to play for. It kept them in the Big 12 championship race. And so Texas has to make a statement and win this game to stay alive. And then on the flip side, you have Iowa State that will most likely be deflated after a tough loss to Oklahoma in a game that they should have won, most likely. Right. Um. You know, that's a crushing defeat. Sometimes there's like a lingering effect. And I think Texas is on the upward trend, up, up, upward trend while Iowa State's on the downward trend. So I have Texas pulling out a win over Iowa State this weekend in Iowa as well. Very good, Zach. Uh, we all love that for you. Great pick. You're lucky that you found that one because I couldn't find that. Uh, so my upset of the week this week is going to be I, I need a drum roll or something. I don't know. Uh, let's go ahead and add that one in here. Wait for it. I've got incarnate word over New Mexico State. And I know what you're thinking. All of you are thinking <laughs> the same exact time. Who the hell is incarnate word? Well, let me be the first to tell you. Incarnate word is a four-year private Catholic school in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Texas. They have an enrollment of 10,000 students. And I'll be honest with you, any 11 of those 10,000 students uh, could put a whooping on the worst team in FBS, New Mexico State. Sure, Incarnate Word is an FCS school, and sure, I didn't know they had a football team until today. I knew they had a basketball team because they are a constant 15-16 seed in the NCAA basketball tournament. But I like my odds here. They're a 7.5-point dog. I think that they can probably win this game. It's going to be one of those weird games where, where the FCS school beats the FBS school. Uh, but, I mean – what do I really have to lose at this point in the season? So I've got Incarnate Word over New Mexico State. Can you imagine if I'm right on this one, Zach? You're never going to hear the end of it. Because I said uh, I'm and you chose <laughs> Texas over Iowa State. Hey, mine is a, a seven-point favorite, man. What you and talking about? Mine's seven and a half, and it's an FCS school. Oh, my Lord. But, I mean, come on, dog. I mean, it's, 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 dude, the team you picked to, for them to upset is literally has not won a game this year, bro. They are 0 and 9. Yeah, but it's incarnate word. Did you know that was a school? <laughs> I actually did because basketball. I actually, I actually knew them in basketball and I, that was in my lightning round for you, which I just changed. Oh, thank God. Oh, no, keep it. <laughs> <Please>. Nope. Nope. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, speaking of lightning round, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. We've got lightning round. For those of you who haven't been listening for the past two weeks or maybe our new listeners, uh, lightning round is basically we have our pick six where we actually go in depth or somewhat in depth about our matchups. We talk about why we think they're going to win. Lightning round is where we list off seven games and we just choose them as fast as we can. I think that I chose first last week. So I'm going to go ahead and Zach choose. I'm going to read off my picks as fast as I can. Oh God! Hit the music. Let's go. Hit UNC. UNC. Central Michigan Ball State. Ball State. TCU Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Hawaii UNLV. And keep in mind, this is not on the island. Still Hawaii. Wow. Louisiana Tech Marshall. Marshall. Louisville NC State. Louisville. USC Cal. USC. Keaton. Keaton, my boy. All right. (laughs) We need to get him on the show. I don't know. All right. (laughs) Hit up his Twitter. Yeah. All right, Zach. I'm ready when you are. Hi, dog. Uh, USC at Cal. USC. Keaton. Arizona, Arizona State at Oregon State. Oregon State. Oh, no. Oh, that's an L. One L for Brandon. Louisville at NC State. Louisville. Air Force at Colorado State. Air Force. Rice at Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State. TCU at Texas Tech. TCU. Then the best rivalry this weekend, the Glass Bowl. The Glass Bowl. Do you know who it is? No, I don't. Northern Illinois at Toledo. Who you got? Toledo. They're coming off a strong win. No, no, that was Tulsa. Crap. Uh, <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> I'm done for. I'm finished. I'm canceled. You picked at 0 and 7. <laughs> no, come on. All right, that was lightning round. Uh, one of our more electric segments. And so, God, I'm glad we're done with that one. That was I had terrible picks. That, that was reminiscent of when Zach chose uh, – who did you choose last week after Cedric? <laughs> T- you went, TCU. You went on a tangent about how TCU was going to lose that game. <laughs> and then you chose them with your first overall pick. So that's electric. Uh, and let's go ahead and move on to our storyline this week. And with our storyline this week, we have a story that – just needed to be talked about. Uh, this can be a little bit different than our normal storylines where we each have something and it's kind of a joke really more than anything. This is more, this is more of a serious note uh, and something that really needs to be talked about. And it's the situation surrounding Chase Young at Ohio State. Uh, Chase Young allegedly accepted money and the whole controversy is over. We don't know who gave him this money. It was a loan to fly his uh, girlfriend down to uh, Southern California for the Rose Bowl last year. The Rose Bowl that he didn't play in uh, also, that's kind of a factor. Um, But he accepted money while he was in college, which is a big no-no for the NCAA. And uh, and so he's he's ineligible for, I think – He's it's not been announced. It's indefinite right now. Ohio State came out last game and said that they think it's going to be a four-game suspension, but yeah. I, I don't, and then I don't the know incident, where they're getting that from. And so. then I've read, read another report today that's going to be two games, so yeah. it's two to four maybe in, or in, more. I don't know. In any case, it's 
it's just kind of a sticky situation and we've got stories from all over the place and we don't really know what to believe, but we're here to report that to you. You can make your own mind up. Uh, we'll give you our opinions and so forth. Zach, I mean, did I miss anything? Is there anything else to unfold here? I mean, no, that's all that's come out right now though. Uh, I know LeBron says something about it and was pissed about it. Yeah. Um, loves to take stances on things like this. So that's, <laughs> Right. Interesting. He should be like, I don't know, who are the Lakers playing tonight? It doesn't even matter. They're they're gonna. It's not the NCAA. Yeah. Anyway. Um. But you know, you know what my question is though. What's that? Who is the snitch in the Big Ten? Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably. You know what? I have I have a theory. Go ahead. Okay. So we can eliminate Penn State because we know they don't snitch. No, nah, they don't snitch. They don't. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> stay, stay out the showers, guys, because they will not snitch. Oh, no. Um, Michigan may just be petty enough, but they're probably too busy planning Harbaugh's next trip to the Bahamas to for practice, in quotations, yeah. so they can lose another four games next year. But the team I think it is, I think it is Rutgers. Rutgers, really? What do they have to gain? They, ha- they have nothing to lose. That oh, is the point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they they want to take the they want to take the attention away of the fact that they have literally not won a Big Ten game in like four years, and and their old coach Greg Schiano coaches the at Schiano Ohio Man. State. Yeah, and so they got some connections, and you know they could be trying to get the upper hand and. They got a and and Chase Young is like from around there. I think he's from like somewhere in like Maryland, yeah, which isn't super far from Rutgers because Rutgers is in New Jersey. So Maryland and Rutgers, I've got my eye on both of you guys. <laughs> yeah, we know what's going on. Um, I guess the main thing I want to talk about here is that the story coming out of Ohio State, coming from Chase Young's camp, is that this money was loaned to him by a family friend to uh to fly his girlfriend down for the rose bowl this past season and so you know when i when i first heard that that was the only report that came out on saturday and and apparently he already paid that loan off like he already like gave this guy his money back i don't know how he got that money that's a whole different story but stories coming from the ncaa is that and the reason that he's suspended is because they believe that he may have gotten this money from an agent uh, which in that case, that would be like a big no-no. Like accepting this money in the first place would have already been breaking NCAA rules. But accepting this money from an agent, like go ahead and and sign your college. Wrap up the away. season. Like you are never coming back. Ohio State is forfeiting games, things like that. So, and, and you know, at this point, I don't know what to believe. I, I wasn't there. I can't tell you what happened. Uh, I'm just here to report what we've heard, um, and that's what we've heard. I mean, we've heard that this could have been a family friend, someone. And the investigation going on right now is to try to figure out if they knew this guy before or after he started playing for Ohio State. Because if they didn't know him before he played for Ohio State, there's a good chance this guy's trying to get in as his agent. Uh, I don't know if you know how that works. LeBron basically just hired a bunch of his friends to be like his management group. <laughs> like his high school friends to be his management group once yeah. he got to the NBA. And that may be the same sort of thing that's going on here. I mean, even if he knew this guy and he was a family friend uh, before he went to Ohio State, there's still a chance he could have been his agent. 
And I'm not here to make that judgment. I'm just here to, like I said, I'm here to tell you guys what I know. And that's what I know. And the more I hear it, the more and more uh, that I, I kind of understand how this guy might be acting as an agent in a way. This is kind of the sort of thing that an agent would do, right? Yeah. And I mean, the thing that gets me though is he paid it back, dog. Like, is it, is it that serious at this point? He paid it back. But, but how do you get that money to pay it back if he can't make – and look, I'm never going to side with the NCAA. I think it's ridiculous that players can't make money. Like, they can't even have a job while, while they're playing in the NCAA. So that's insane to me, but they can't um, because they won't have amateur status somehow. Like if they're a waiter making money being a waiter and then they're an amateur football player, they somehow can't be an amateur football player while being a professional waiter. That just none of that makes sense. Um, I'm probably, I'm going to side with Chase Young regardless of, of what happened. Like even if he does have an agent, I think that college players should be allowed to have agents. Why not? I mean, I understand they're amateurs, but, like, why can't you have an agent, I guess? I, I've like, never understood that. And, and, like, why – okay, so I don't – I guess this is just, like, the – I don't know, whatever. But I, why didn't the dude just give the money to his parents, dog? Right? And then his parents were like, hey, let's fly you down. I don't know. It, it's so stupid. Or, like, send it to, like, a friend I, – I mean, or just give it to his f- – Freaking girlfriend, bro. <laughs> yeah, that would have been Jesus. Maybe saved Ohio State part of their season. It doesn't matter. Ohio State's going to win. Dude, regardless. how mad are you going to be if Ohio State beats LSU in the championship and then has to forfeit the championship? Uh, pretty upset, I'll be honest. Uh, that's insane. I don't know. And, and look, let's not let's not be naive here. This situation is just one that got uncovered. This isn't even close to the kind of stuff that could be uncovered about other programs in the country, even Ohio State, honestly. I mean, there are teams across the country probably paying their players. I have no proof, but probably paying players. I mean, we know SMU has the car dealership or had the car dealership, and we know that that Nick Saban's other job is as a sales manager at the Cadillac dealership in Tuscaloosa. So we've – I don't know. There's some other <laughs> sketchy things going on. I don't know why the NCAA decides to focus on Chase Young. I guess maybe because he's got the spotlight on him at this point in the season. He had the potential to be one of the first, or the the second ever defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. I guess um, maybe not after Joe Burrow's performance at Alabama, but I mean he was still up there in votes. So maybe that's why they're focusing on him so much. But I don't know. Yeah. Situation. I have no idea. And, you know, a, a big plot to us would be like if his girlfriend was an athlete too. <laughs> so, yeah. I wonder if she's suspended. <laughs> yeah. And whatever program she plays for is just done for. Like they're canceled. Um, another thing yeah. I want to mention is that we shouldn't really overreact about this, about Chase Young, even if he does have to sit for longer than we're thinking because this Ohio State team is still good without him. Uh, a lot of people like to jump the gun and be like, hey, Chase Young is their whole defense. No, that's not the case at all. As a matter of fact, the guy who's replacing him on their D-line is a five-star freshman. Um, so that's that's just what it is. I think his name is Zach Harris, uh, five-star freshman D-lineman. Uh, also incredible, and that's just another piece to Ohio State's incredible team. I mean, they've got the most well-rounded team in the country, and I don't even think it's close. Their offense is – 
just dominating people with Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins. And their defense, you know, even without Chase Young, they've got an incredible secondary. And, and yeah, that's that, still. I mean, let's that, that, cor- that, cor- <laughs> that cornerback is supposed to be like a top five pick. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, they are hurting because they lost Chase Young. Because, I mean, just, to be frank, there's no one like Chase Young. Like, Chase Young is the best defensive end that we've seen in a long, long time. But this Ohio State team is going to keep on going without him. They're, I mean, hopefully he'll be back before too long, but uh, maybe they'll just pull Memphis and just start playing him again, even with the NCAA saying, hey, you can't play. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to ignore that and just play him anyway. But, you know, even without him, they're going to keep marching on and they're going to probably end up in the playoff, even if they don't see him for the rest of the regular season. They will. I mean, he'll, I, I think it'll all work out. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. I mean, if the Cam Newton situation worked itself out, I'm assuming <laughs> Chase Young's going to be okay. Yeah, Chase Young didn't steal laptops or anything, so that's cool. Um, yeah, or take $200,000 from a booster. <laughs> Either one of those things. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> did that? they found that out after the fact, though, right? Like, that wasn't in the middle of the season. Yeah, it was. It was right before, like, the SEC championship, bro. (laughs) But then, like, his dad took the fall and, like, said that Cam didn't know about it, so he got to play. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Well, then I guess guess that uh, Chase Young's dad should probably just take a fall here and be like, oh, I didn't – he didn't even know about the – the three hundred dollar plane ticket that that is that our family friend loaned us money for. I'm, I shouldn't be joking about that, but come on. <laughs> let's a plane ticket from the east coast to the west coast in the United States. I mean, we're talking maybe a thousand dollars if they bought it like day of. So, uh, I don't have any more thoughts on this. That's all I have. Zach, do you have anything else? Nah, man. Free Chase Young. Free Chase Young. Um, I want to see him back. I, I was talking to people about it today. If LSU does see Ohio State in the playoff, I want it to be a full team. Like, Kind of like I wanted Tua to play when LSU played Alabama. I want LSU to be able to play Ohio State with Chase Young if they end up playing at some point this season. Uh, so let's go and move on from our storyline of the week. And we're going to react to the college football playoff ranking yet again because this playoff committee just can't seem to get it right um i mean they got one thing right they got lsu at one now but other than that there is this is a whole mess yeah it is I, i'm so over it what are I'm you over, over the playoff committee specifically what are you over okay so like <clears throat> here we go uh gotta get adjusted one <laughs> How is Minnesota and Baylor still behind one and two lost teams, especially Baylor? Yeah, fair. They're behind two teams. Baylor is undefeated and number 13 in the country, and that is disrespectful. That is so wild. And then Minnesota is behind a Utah team who lost to a multiple lost USC team, an Oregon team who lost to a Good Auburn team, but they still have a loss. And then Alabama and Georgia. Georgia lost to a South Carolina team that just lost to Appalachian State. Look, and I, I think I mentioned this on our last episode on Tuesday. Uh, 
I thought the rankings should have gone LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and then Oregon. And I gave a whole explanation to why I don't think Oregon was going to be in it. And that's because the the chairman of the playoff committee is <laughs> Oregon's AD. I don't know how that flow, how that how that can fly, but he is. But I really don't understand how Georgia's in it because even when I was talking to people this week, I was like, "Yeah, Alabama will probably end up four, and I'm going to be mad about it, but I'll get over it because they they probably do have the best loss out of all the one loss teams." Somehow Georgia's in it, <laughs> um, maybe because their loss wasn't that recent. And people forget, but it's ridiculous. Georgia does not deserve a spot in the top. Well, um, did you hear what the playoff chairman said? No, go ahead and tell me. He said he said they looked at quality wins after their loss, and so Georgia has beating has beaten two teams ranked in the playoff uh, rankings, including Florida, who's number eleven. Bama and Oregon have yet to beat like another ranked team. That's fair. Um, I will. I will give them that. Alabama is still yet. I mean, they have. They've played one quality opponent, in my opinion. Uh, they played LSU and they lost LSU. So, while it was a decent loss for Alabama, there's no such thing as a good loss, in my opinion. So, uh, keep them out of the top four. I thought that's what they should have done in the first place. I thought they should have put Oregon in there, not Georgia. But the playoff committee is going to do what the playoff committee does, and they're going to start start conversations for sports media. So thank you for our jobs once again. Um, I don't know. Uh, how would you rank this if you had to rank it, though? Like the top four? Yeah, go and give me your give me your top six. Oh. Well, actually, uh, in case you guys didn't know, I've released mine today. Before the playoff committee released theirs, it is on our blog slash website. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to call this. You see what I it's did? It's a little. It's 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 both. So uh, go check it out. Um, it's all posted on our social media. So go click the link and read. But a little spoiler: my top six was LSU one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Oregon four, Alabama five, Georgia six. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly where I would have it. Well, I take it back. I would have – yeah, that's exactly where I would have it. Because um, people – okay, so people keep saying Alabama has the best loss. Yeah, they played the best team, but they had that game at home. Oregon had to go to a neutral site, site that was closer to you know Auburn than it was to Oregon. And, I mean, it was mostly – I would say 60-40 Auburn fans. And, yeah. I mean – Come on, and they led the entire game. Bama never had the lead against LSU. It was down by twenty points at halftime. Oregon won the entire game until seven seconds left when Bo Nix hit it just a ridiculous throw. Yeah, that's true. Um, another thing I want to talk about in this playoff rankings. Uh, so we all know the college football playoff loves the SEC, and we know that they especially love Alabama. But apparently they love Texas a whole lot more because Texas is a three-loss team ranked number 19 in the country. How, does, how is that allowed? Uh, and, uh. And, and what's going on with the disrespect for the AAC once again? They've got Cincinnati and Memphis ranked 17 and 18, both with one loss. And Cincinnati's loss was to Ohio State. Let's not forget about that. And they're still ranked. On, on the road. Yeah, on the road for opening weekend. So – 
Ah, that that makes me so mad that they've got that one loss Cincinnati team ranked behind Notre Dame, who who just got blown out. Notre Dame's number sixteen and Michigan's number fifteen, and Notre Dame got blown out of the water by Michigan. I don't I don't know how these meetings go for the playoff committee, but they must just not talk about anything. They must just pick up, <laughs> gotta put these guys somewhere. So uh, I just I I don't I just don't see it. I mean. Uh, I don't know. How does Penn but, State only drop to nine if if they're only going to put Minnesota at eight? I don't know. I, I think Min- Minnesota should be at least I, – I, they should be four. They're undefeated, and they're in the Big Ten. <laughs> put them somewhere. Put them at five if you're not going to put them at four. They're undefeated, and they just beat Penn State. I agree that number nine is a good spot for Penn State right now because they are a pretty good one-loss team. But Minnesota, you got to do something with them. You can't keep them. I mean, I know you don't want to put them in your playoff right now, but they're undefeated in the Big Ten through 11 weeks. Like, they're looking like the real deal right now. And how are they below Oklahoma? If you put them at nine or ten above Oklahoma, I get how are you going to put a one-loss Big Ten team over an undefeated Big, uh, Big Twelve? Sorry, undefeated Big Twelve team who beat the team that beat the one-loss team that you have above them. Right, it's in Manhattan, bonkers by double digits. <laughs> bonkers is what this is. Uh, I just upset and like the thing that really just I don't know. Uh, I just feel like this is getting me worked up. I'm a dotty young age. Well, we were like, going to do that I, anyway. <laughs> no kidding. But I think so. The playoff committee looks at strength of schedule, correct? No, well, that's what they say they do. Yeah. Okay. So Oregon and Clemson can only play the teams that are in their conference. They have no. They don't have the power to switch conferences just out of nowhere. Fair. So you can't bang on them that they're so good that they're making conference people look like trash. But I'll give you this. They tried with their non-conference scheduling. Clemson went out and did a home-and-home with Texas A&M. Oregon went out and played Auburn at a neutral site in the South. And then you had Georgia who did a home-and-home with Notre Dame, which is looking better and better. And then you got Alabama who scheduled Duke and act like they scheduled the defending national champions. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's and they're like and then th- their excuse is well you can't you can't help if the team's bad when you play on these are scheduled years in advance can you name a year since college football was invented that alabama duke in atlanta was going to be a good game no i could think of many years where clemson a&l could be a good game or georgia notre dame could be a good game or oregon auburn could be a good game right no, I mean, Oregon Auburn was that was that a national championship one year? That was no. that was a national championship in 2010. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a good game a lot of times. Uh, and uh, b- both Clemson and Texas have won national championships. Like, come on, bro! Like, effort should matter. You shouldn't just get credit for booking random people. Yeah, A and M turned out to be a three-four loss team, but when the, last year they were really good. And what, three years before that, they had a Hosman winner and was beating Alabama and Bryant Denny. And then right. you had Oregon book Auburn. Auburn's been to two national championships in this decade. Uh, yeah, Oregon has true. been good almost every year. 
like Georgia and Notre Dame. Both of these teams have been to a national championship. Duke has barely been to the Belk Bowl. <laughs> hey, man, don't trash the Belk Bowl now. Like, come on, bro. I think efforts matter. That's why I think Oregon should be above Alabama. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, I'm just going to And say, Georgia. Well, Georgia lost to South Carolina. They should they, – they're a one-loss uh, team. I don't know. I, I've said this over and over again. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm going to – in this segment before Zach and I both have like major uh, coordinary or, or we're going to have like major heart attacks right now. So we're going to go ahead and move this one along. Um, and we're going to move right into, Oh, is it time for Brandon's gambling corner yet? Yes, it is. It is. It is. This is maybe, I love this segment so much. We're not very good at it, but that's all right. We don't, we don't lose money on it. So who cares? Uh, so what I'm going to go ahead and say right now, Cue up that music. Let's get this one started right away. My first pick, take Alabama minus 20 against Mississippi State all day, twice on Saturday. The spread, 20 points. I already said that. There's no chance Alabama keeps this one close. This is rare, folks. They're giving us the extra point for free. This is minus 20, not minus 21 or minus 21 and a half. Alabama wins this game by three touchdowns at the very least. Take this pick all day long yeah guys i like that pick a lot i like it a lot take it make some money we have memphis we have memphis over houston memphis is a 10 point favorite all the houston players are taking random red shirts memphis is on a mission memphis is the ranked team memphis is gonna smack houston in the mouth they're going to take their lunch money, so why not bet your lunch money and get double the lunch money? Take Memphis it. over Houston. Let's get it. And with my next pick, I'm taking Wyoming plus six outright over Utah State. That's right, folks. Take the money line. Ring the bell, Zach. Ring it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Ruin your bookies weekend. Make yourself some money with this plus 210 lot. People are asking, Brandon, do you know anything about Wyoming football? My answer, not even a little. But Josh Allen went there. That's all I need to know. This team cannot lose. <laughs> so, guys, my last pick for Gambling Corner, Virginia Tech over Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They will at least win by a touchdown. They may win by seven. Georgia Tech is garbage. They lost to the Citadel at home. Virginia Tech is coming, over, coming off of a win over a ranked team. Virginia Tech takes this one and takes Georgia Tech's lunch money. So why don't you triple, quadruple, what's five? I don't know, five times your lunch money and go buy yourself something nice. Go make money. Virginia Tech over Georgia Tech, Memphis over Houston, and they are locks. Locks. And with our chase game this week, we have USC minus six and a half over Cal. Take the golden arm of our boy Keaton Slovis over the Golden Bears of Cal. Take our best judgment here. Most importantly, take this one to the bank. USC cannot lose this game. We've got you on this one because this pick is guaranteed. That's right, the G word. If this pick doesn't hit, Zach will reimburse you in full. It's a win-win. Ride with us and die with us. And that's Gambling Corner for this week. Zach, I mentioned it earlier. We really need to get Keaton Slovis on here. We talk about him entirely too much to not have him on. He needs to be like the third host. I mean, I'm down for it. Three hosts. Um, 
So that's our show this I, week, guys. I, I'm, still, I'm still holding out for Mike Leach. I really want him to. We could have four hosts. Maybe once mm. he gets the job at Florida State, like that'll be close enough to me to where he could just come over on week, you know, like weekdays. Yeah, that, <laughs> that three and a half hour drop. Yeah, we'd love it. But that's our Thank show. You. That's our show. That's our uh, preview episode this week, guys. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to give you the same spiel I give you every single time. We're available on all major pl- podcast platforms and even some of the non-major platforms. So. Check us out. If you're listening to us, you know that. If you're not listening to us, what are you doing? Go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Nick, shout out to you. You're the only one who's done it. Uh, Listen, if no one leaves a review by the next episode, I'm just going to read Nick's again. So you might get double exposure, man. Um, And uh, and if Iowa loses, he gets his hands too. So, Yeah, you better hope Iowa doesn't lose because Zach's hands, I've seen them. You don't want that. (laughs) But, guys, so we do have social media that you guys need to go out and follow. It is on IG, the one and only Instagram. It is at the underscore blue bloods. We are over 100 followers. Shout out to you guys. You guys are the truth. We appreciate y'all. On the on Twitter, dark Twitter exclusive. It is at the underscore underscore blue bloods. Uh, uh, yeah, it, that, that's all I got to say about Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, <laughs> in case you got any stay at home moms out here listening, or stay at home dads, we're we're all for equality here, I guess. Um, it is at 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 the blue bloods pod on Facebook. Uh, shout out to you guys on there. We have a bunch of people that follow us on there. So shout out to you guys for that. You guys are the best listeners. So keep listening, keep subscribing, keep giving us ratings on the podcast. You guys are the best and shout out to you guys. Yeah. Shout out everybody who's been listening. Uh, Shout out everyone who's going to continue listening. We've got so much planned for the future. We don't want to spoil it for you, but take our word. This off season is going to be insane. As we move on through the end of college football season, as much as I hate to say those words, we've got a lot planned. Um, so keep, keep listening, keep subscribing and, uh, we'll be here every, we'll be here twice a week, every single week until the end of time. So watch out for us and we're out. <laughs>